You know, for me, things really changed when I when I kind of found that validation process um, for my ideas. So, it, you know, is it fun? Is it of service? Does it make money? Welcome to the Prosperity Perspective by DML, a conversation about how successful business owners invest their hard-earned money to preserve their wealth and what they might have done differently in hindsight. Thank you for joining us today, guys. Today, we're joined by Ryan Estes, and I'm excited for him to uh, share a little bit about his journey um, and what he's done in his professional career and uh, a little bit outside of that as well. So without further ado, Ryan, you want to introduce yourself to the audience? You bet, Liam. I really appreciate coming on your podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, My name's Ryan. Right now, I am the the co-founder of Kitcaster. We are a podcast booking agency. Um, We work with funded startup founders, entrepreneurs with exits, um, and C-suite executives, and we book them on the world's top podcast. Um, And in a nutshell, that's, that's all we do. How'd you get into that? Because uh, I know in your background, obviously a lot, you've been involved in podcasts before they've become, uh, you know, in vogue as they are today. And, uh, uh, you know, what led you to that space? You know, I fell in love with podcasting, I, I, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago, you know, back when you downloaded them onto your iPod kind of thing. Um, I, I, you know, I had a long commute and I ended up finding this guy. He was a, uh, expat uh, Zen monk in South Korea named Henry Grevenberg. And he had released this um, series of essays called Field of Weeds, um, which was about his experience coming back to LA and working in construction after spending, you know, I, I think maybe a decade in the monastery. And it was extraordinary, you know, so that just kind of got me to the ecosystem of, of Apple podcasts and then realizing that, oh my gosh, on anything I'm interested in, there's all this free content. So I became obsessed, I don't know, 12, 13 years ago and started doing my own podcast as kind of a, a remedy for kind of a, a blue phase, as it were. I was, I was pivoting out of my um, career, air quotes, in the music industry because I had a couple of small kiddos and um, found myself pretty lonely, you know? So I started a podcast as a way to get the band back together to do what I really like to do. I mean, playing music's fun, but you know, just like talking trash with your buddies over a couple of beers is a lot of fun. (laughs) And I miss that. So I started my own podcast. Um, The evolution of that podcast, it kind of turned into the Denver Business Podcast where it was a founder's show and I'd interview people locally here in Denver. Um, Through that, I met Brandi Whalen, who had a PR company um, and she worked with startup founders. And so we kind of clicked. Fast forward to, let's say, February of 2019. We're getting coffee and, and Brandy's just like an extraordinary person. And, you know, she's like, Ryan, let's do a project. Let's do something. Let's do something. You know, it's like, okay, let's do something. Um, I was kind of coming off the heels of a, a failed software project. So, you know, I was like, well, we met through podcasting. Let's do something there. Kicked around some ideas. And this idea for a podcast booking agency sounded uh, kind of ripe. Um, it, it seemed we, we kind of knew, or we had a assumption that like the startup community would be really, um, excited about going on other people's podcasts. So like a podcast booking agency seemed like something we're interested in. So we built a pilot program, had some early success, 
wrapped a brand around it and launched in um, September of 2019. Um, then March 2020, you know, a couple months later, it came and nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, but basically what happened is a lot of people started podcasting um, and also found podcasting as kind of a meaningful way to make connections and maybe maintain some of the momentum in their in their company um, during you know lockdown. So you know since March 2020, a couple of years, we, we've grown pretty quick. Um, as an agency, there's there's 23 of us now employed by Kitcaster. Um, and I, and that was kind of the idea from the very beginning is, is to go, um, not lean and mean software kind of company, which I was kind of on the heels of rather, you know, creating a, a culture, um, and hiring people in jobs. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing now. That's awesome. So jumping right into the, the core question that we like to ask, right? So, uh, obviously you've had a number of different ventures, um, with varying levels of success, right? And as you got through that first one where, you know, you didn't have to worry about roof over the head, food on the table, you know, you were profitable. Where did you decide to put that profitability? What was your framework in terms of where to invest? Uh, you know, did it go back into the company? Did it go to the fancy car? Did it go to, you know, kids' private daycare, right? Like what were some of those things and how did you think about kind of where to put the money? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a first generation hip hop guy. So like if I didn't have some parameters, I would definitely have like a gold rope and <laughs> and a grill. That's really what I want. Spinning rims. <laughs> yeah, spinning rims, curb feelers, an escalade that's on like 22s. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how sustainable that is, but boy, that's really what I want to what I want to do. So um, <laughs> I do take pretty big gambles. Most of the, my investments personally will, will go into my companies, you know, um, and I think I've gotten better at um, figuring out one that my time is really the biggest investment that I'm making. So, you know, going, having a pretty tight validation process to make sure that sure, you know, we're going to spend some money here, but boy, I'm spending some time. And, you know, it was, it was that last software project that really put that into perspective because I really was in love with this idea. And because I was, I probably extended this business 12 months too long, you know, when I really should have put it down. So that was an expensive lesson all the way around. Um, but generally speaking, as investment-wise, I'm I'm pretty conservative. You know, I'm kind of an index fund guy. That portion of my money goes there. I'm putting money in 401ks. You know, I'm crypto guy too. I'm a kind of a hodl Bitcoin, um, Ethereum guy. Um, some of the other coins is a little bit out of my sphere. But you know, as far as investments, you know, th I think the majority of my time and money is really kind of invested back into the companies, and then where I can, I try and square up to make sure, you know, my wife and kids are good. If I, you know, fall in a volcano or something. <laughs> I want to know what you're doing where you would fall in a volcano. It sounds uh, like you've got yeah. an interesting double life there, right? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I, I am captain safety. I'm nowhere near a volcano. <laughs> sure. Um, curious. You mentioned a lot of different things that you're involved in probably today. Um, how do you determine, right? Obviously, it sounded like the business is really important, but you juxtapose this with, hey, I got to take care of you know family and kids if I'm not here anymore. 
how do you determine, you know, where, where the first dollar goes or, you know, a certain amount or when to put into the business versus be more conservative and take care of the family? Like, how did you get to, you know, wherever you're at today? What was that process like for you? And, you know, uh, what would you recommend to someone who's trying to make those decisions? Right. Um, I think there's uh, this idea that, you know, the natural thing to do is reinvest back into the business, right? Uh, as entrepreneurs, we see tons of opportunity. We want to go, uh, you know, capitalize on it. Uh, we're invincible most of the time, right? And so it's like, great, if I just put a little bit more, another dollar, I'll get 10 back, right? Or whatever that may be. So kind of how do you think about that and separate it um, so that you do have those guardrails you've got today? You know, I- I'm learning all the time. It's it's pretty emotional for me. You know, I I grew up... Um, I, I wouldn't disrespect my parents by saying poor, but, but boy, we didn't have much, you know, my kid, my parents are both teachers, if that gives you an indication and, you know, we don't come from a wealthy background. So everything I've done, um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint has been bootstrapped, um, which gives you a certain grit, (laughs) you know, if like it's not a matter of like, yeah, this is, this is a long-term play. It's rather, man, I, I can't eat on tomorrow's bread. Like I have to make this work now somehow. Um, and so you kind of, you get used to um, a scramble a little bit. And also you, you kind of get used to some like um, underlying terror about what's going to happen to me. <laughs> so, um, you know, perhaps it's helpful for people that are listening to this and maybe they need some help, you know, because particularly in the software space, you you meet a lot of people that, you know, grow up with a silver spoon and no disrespect to them. And, and they get venture capital very early and, and it all seems to be kind of a game, you know? Um, But for some of us, it's really real. You know, there was a time when I got a, a a call from my wife when she had two small children um, and, and she's like, my card is declined. I can't get groceries. You know, and at the time we were also renting our home out so that we could, you know, kind of make a little bit of income from the rental property, living with her mom, you know, so there's, there's gut check moments. That one stands out because it's particularly painful, you know, where you, you, maybe you start to lose faith in yourself a little bit. Definitely people around you start to lose faith in you and start looking at you like, man, maybe it's time to get a job, you know? So there's, there's a, a core perseverance, I think, as an entrepreneur that becomes exceptionally helpful. Um, when you start with that as your bottom, man, I tell you what, when you got a hundred bucks in your pocket, you feel pretty good, you know? So um, it became very important to me right away to, to make my, my wife feel safe and secure, you know, so just getting basic safety nets in line, whether it's health insurance and, and things like that from the very beginning. Um, and then you also kind of, are, I, I should say me, you know, really had to discipline myself to stay within a budget, um, to, to sit on that budget every single day, have my nose in those spreadsheets, make sure I'm hitting my numbers and then have a plan. You know, I'm kind of a firm believer that, you know, if, if we're talking about archery, I'm not trying to hit the target, you know, I'm trying to hit a bullseye here, you know, so I want to aim for that bullseye. So, you know, budgeting, prioritizing, and then having a plan for once you do have kind of some, some surplus revenue from the business and, you know, you can raise your salary a little bit, things get a little bit more stabilized. Um, 
you know, you, you put those guardrails on so that I don't just go to the mall and buy the gold rope. Um, so having the plan was kind of the, the, the last step. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the fun stuff. Um, but you also can uh, see that some folks run into like a uh, kind of upper potential problem where you really do need to have a vision of the place you're going in order to, to reach it. Um, and it's, it, it's interesting. Uh, I've had enough success to see that, like, uh, that as my career has progressed, that like, I get exactly what I want. Um, because otherwise, how would it, you ever get to anywhere you want to go? It's like, you have to know where you want to go first. So um, this is kind of a, a, a long rant for you. But as far as like planning, um, planning the upward potential is almost just as important to me as making sure my ones and zeros are all balanced out on that spreadsheet. How do you make sure that upward potential is, you know, realistic and viable, right? I think one of the things that define us as entrepreneurs, to your point, is that we have grit, right? And we're able to chase things that other people think are not achievable, right? And how do you put that in perspective with uh, the numbers, right? Making sure we can actually get there and uh, making sure the card doesn't decline for, for groceries as we're building towards that point. Yeah. You know, the, the vision uh, component of it is really interesting, at, at least for me. Um, people get talked about as being visionaries. Steve Jobs, a visionary. These people are visionary. And it kind of became synonymous with just like a nice compliment. Um, but there, there are folks that actually see in visions. And I, I think I'm one of those people where I have a, uh, a very complete image in my head. And usually it's, it's something very, it's like a glimpse, you know, um, one of them with Kitcaster was right when we were very, just went into lockdown. I think there was four of us. I had a vision of, um, a zoom screen with 20 faces on it, you know? And so I was like, okay, here's my roadmap to 20 people. Um, and so then when I was on that zoom screen, I think it was two weeks ago, um, cause we kind of had a, a COVID scare here and everyone went home and I was like, here it is, you know, it was, it was cool as, and to me, like a vision feels like almost like a tractor beam that you, you put into the future and then you just pull that future until it pops into the thing. So, so for me, like if, if I, if I'm having fun kind of dreaming about what, you know, a bright future looks like for me, you know, it's ha healthy, happy family, of course, I'm in a Lamborghini with a, you know, with a grill and earrings, and it just turns into a rap video really quick. But so I, I'm not so great at like planning, but the, the vision that I've got right now, that's kind of guiding, I think, um, my ambition as, and maybe tempering it a little bit is this, is this hunt uh, for brown bears in Alaska. Like I just, I have this very clear vision of me in Alaska um, hunting bears. Um, I, I love elk hunting and I, I've gotten a bear tag a couple of times, but I, I don't think I could ever shoot a bear. I just, I just think there's such beautiful animals and it doesn't look like food to me. I, I don't, I don't know, but I, being in Alaska hunting bears in order for that to happen so many things have to be in a line, you know, cause I've got two teenage kids, you know, it means like they're, they're good. My wife is good. Finances are good. The business is running itself. All of my things, all of my ducks are in a row. 
um, for me to do something as kind of extravagant, at least for me, which is to go on a solo hunting trip in Alaska for bears. So um, I don't know how I'm going to get to Alaska <laughs> and and go on this hunt. But um, what I do know is that like everything has to be in um kind of, uh, held and, and, uh, managed in order for me to even make that happen. So once I do happen, once that does come to fruition, it's not necessarily about getting a bear as, as rather as like, wow, man, my house is really in order. How do you, what's the selection process? Cause I imagine you've got lots of these different visions that come up. Uh, and so what's your selection process in terms of, Hey, I've got this vision of 20 people great, let me, you know, start to pull that rope and figure out what those elements I need in place are, right? And uh, hey, the solo hunting trip, what does that look like, right? How do you pick and choose and determine which ones are uh, either resonate the best with you or the ones that you want to pursue? You bet. And and maybe just like ideas in general. Um, visions are interesting because they're, they're like a dream that you can see it. Um, but, you know, ideas is, is kind of my, I, I love just you know, brainstorming dumb stuff. So <laughs> I hate to say it, but a lot of my ideas are terrible. Um, but what I've discovered about ideas is that like, if you, if you find a home for the dumb ideas, you know, you, that's when you get a good one It's not by being disrespectful to your dumb ideas. You got to have a home for them. So I have a list and a prioritization of all the ideas that I want to work on. Um, the way I kind of prioritize my ideas is kind of with the three set criteria, you know, is it fun? Is it of service? And does it make money? Um, it has to be fun because I'm just naturally not going to want to do it. And then I'm not going to give it my best effort. You know, it has to be of service because I kind of have a, a moral requirement as corny as that sounds to like, feel like I'm contributing to a better world. Um, and it has to make money because otherwise, you know, I would still be in a band, you know, writing mid love songs in my closet because I love doing that. Um, but unfortunately for me, it just doesn't make any money. And, and as we're talking about time, like I just don't have that much. So I really do need to be committed to something that's going to, um, you know, uh, build revenue and profit. As you're working through, so you've got this prioritization of ideas. I assume that there's several that you are working on at any given point in time, and some of them likely dovetail. Is that kind of what you use then as your structure of you know where you invest and where you put your money today? Then, in terms of yeah, I need this in order and that in order, or you know these are the logical next steps. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, and then big ideas fracture into smaller ideas and those prioritize over whole. So you start to have like kind of a hierarchy of a blanket thing. Like if we're talking about Kitcaster, where this is the podcast space. And then we start to kind of start launching different podcast products within that space. Um, and then the whole other idea might be, I, I mean, for example, when I had a, uh, a, a cookie company that I was validating for a while, that was a SMS subscription cookie company which then <laughs> had some other like kind of different products that didn't work at the time. Um, but yeah, and I think that's kind of what's interesting too, if we're talking about like time as an investment is when you have something that's really rich, then you start to see kind of 
all of the different goods, products, service, entertainment, software exists within that idea. And you can, it, it starts to kind of reveal itself like, oh, and then this, and then this, and then, so these solutions start popping up. Um, so then as you're like prioritizing ideas and I'm, I'm always thinking of my prime or not my prime, but my number one priority is being on the left column and then descending in uh, priority to the right ideas kind of exist. And then into oblivion over there way on the right side. And I'm always kind of shifting things as far as priority goes um, from right to left. Um, and generally speaking, yeah, you know, the, the stuff that's right in front of me um, gets, gets my biggest prioritization as far as like investment, if we're talking about time and money. What's, uh, what's on the top of the priority list today in terms of ideas that uh, get your juices going in the morning? Um, what am I working on right now? Um, we're, we're putting together a podcast network. Um, and that's kind of been backburnered for a while. And kind of my favorite thing in a former life prior to Kitcaster and kind of as a entry point to some of my entrepreneurial pursuits, um, I owned a digital marketing agency and, you know, did a lot of the heavy lifting as far as web development um, for that for 10 years or probably even longer. Um, so today I kind of had a day where like, I'm feeling good about my task list. And I, I pulled that up and, and worked on building this, this website, you know, doing websites. So that's, that was very urgent for me today. Um, but this, uh, the, the podcast network, I think it's probably a four month um, validation, but I, I think the network is going to be, um, it, it will work for us, whether it's profitable or not, but I, I think it's going to have some good opportunities. That's awesome. As we're, uh, as we're wrapping up here, uh, Ryan is if you were to leave one thing with the audience, uh, you know, a suggestion piece of advice, right. As they're trying to figure out, you know, where, where to put their time and money, uh, what would you encourage them to do? You know, for me, things really changed when I, when I kind of found that validation process um, for my ideas. So, it, you know, is it fun? Is it of service? Does it make money? Um, there's so many different ways to um, evaluate an investment opportunity. Um, for me, th that it, there's so many that I, I know I'll forget. <laughs> all the important ones. Um, but if I'm looking at an opportunity and it's just not fun, it's like, well, how often are you going to take a look at that? If it doesn't bring you joy, you know, um, if, if there's an opportunity, but, but, ah, man, it, it affects with my, my moral compass in some, some aspect, like it's probably, it's not going to feel good. You know, we were talking about the Buddhist stuff earlier and, and right livelihood is like a core tenet, you know, and that's not just true in that spiritual tradition. It's every spiritual tradition. Like you got to make sure that like the way you're earning a living is like going to vibrate with your, your beliefs, you know, and then, you know, does it make money? Um, there's lots of stuff I do that do, don't make money. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but you got to be protect your time. Um, your time is very, very precious. Um, and if, if, you know, you you have the tendency to, to go a little headlong into, into hobbies, set up some parameters and maybe have a, uh, gut check moment with yourself. That's great advice. Um, what's the best way for our audience to connect back with you? 
Um, I'm on LinkedIn. If someone wants to find me on LinkedIn, um, my name is Ryan Estes, which I'm sure is in the liner notes. Um, if you know your audience is interesting in, in, in using podcasts as, as a way to um, have a good time, it's definitely that. But you know, if it's influential for their business, then you can always go to kitcaster.com and kind of apply there. Awesome, Ryan. Appreciate the time and the insights today. Thanks, Liam. I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you for joining us today on The Prosperity Perspective. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, please head over to theprosperityperspective.com, where you can hear from other successful business owners on their approach to investments. On our website, you'll be able to learn more about how DML Capital currently helps other business owners, like yourself, diversify their investments and grow their wealth. Take our short quiz to see if you're ready to take the next steps toward your financial success. 